This is The Corporate Shadow. I'm Dr. Ryan Giffen, a professor and human resources coach, helping employees and bosses build stronger, meaningful, productive relationships. Overworked employees have more tasks and responsibilities than they can handle or their job role allows. Join me as I discuss four ways on how to deal with work overload. In 2020, the world changed in various unexpected ways, forcing people into lockdowns and interrupting the normalcy we once knew. Besides living with a fear of COVID-19 infections, people also had to adapt to the new realm of virtual collaboration and work. Although not a novelty, work from home was the emergency response to in-person contacts becoming dangerous. Most companies introduced telework, even though not all of them had remote work policies and regulations. As a result, the shift to this form of work was abrupt and in many cases leaving employees confused and with more tasks than they can handle. Despite all its benefits, telework also makes it easy to blur the lines between working hours and leisure time. Moreover, employees often find themselves feeling pressure to be available at all times and prove their productivity and commitment. Indeed, workers were already dealing with more stress and anxiety more than ever before 2020, but the pandemic exasperated these issues, adding additional strain on the workforce. COVID-19 increased the pain of having to achieve great results at work and stay focused. It's no surprise that 29% of the workforce is depressed due to the coronavirus. Overall, the pandemic impacted the health of 55% of the global workforce. That results in the sad reality where 85% of employees experience high levels of burnout. 85% experience high levels of burnout. That only means that 15% of the total workforce is actually not burned out from their work. 41% actually report a decline in work-life balance. And because of this, studies have shown that there is lower trust in leadership. In an ideal world, a workplace would be where employees do what they're passionate about, where they practice their knowledge and improve their skills. But instead, work is the source of anxiety for many people. For instance, a recent study shows that 80% feel stress on their jobs, and 25% see their work as the number one stressor in their lives. That also causes health problems, such as work-related neck pain, difficulties in sleeping, and simply having stressed out eyes, which leads to fatigue and burnout. 
A 2021 research even found that people working more than 54 hours a week are at risk of dying from work overload. Three quarters of a million people die from work-related diseases and long working hours, which means that more people die from overwork than from malaria. An overwhelming number of employees report that companies are pushing them to their limits, requiring availability beyond work hours. And because of that, teleworkers put an average of six hours of unpaid overtime a week, while on-site workers put 3.6 hours. You see, the difference is when we are working from home, we are working more and not getting compensated for it. That proves that increases in working hours are the inevitable follow-up of recessions as people feel forced to work more to compensate for the job losses. Considering that many societies glorify the hustle culture, work overload and burnout are deep-seated in the workplaces of the 21st century. Overworked employees have more tasks and responsibilities than they can handle or their job role allows. They either feel intrinsic pressure to go the extra mile due to a competitive workplace atmosphere, or their managers impose these expectations on them. So how do you deal with work overload and restore work-life balance? Here are four tips on how to deal with work overload. But before I give you those four tips... I want to tell you that in the next episode after this, episode 41, I will share on how you can tell your boss that you are on the brink of burnout. All right, so here are my four tips on how to deal with work overload. Four tips. Number one, let's prioritize what is truly the most urgent. Prioritize what is the most urgent. No matter if you're an on-site worker or teleworker, when planning your daily tasks and activities, first complete those that are the most important. Consider deadlines, the amount of work, the urgency to identify which assignments need the most attention. If you don't decide alone about priorities, discuss it with your boss or your work team. Let them know how much time you need to do your part and agree on a mutual timeline and workflow. When creating a to-do list, always include first tasks that take more time and you need to deliver sooner. It's also recommended to only write the minimum you can do in a day instead of loading your plan with unnecessary assignments that make you feel that you're under this intense pressure, which is a fallacy. That way, you'll liberate yourself from additional stress. But if you find time for these extra tasks without overwhelming yourself, finish them after completing the urgent ones. Remember to revise your list of assignments every day and plan every morning. Ensure that you always know 
what and when you'll do the next day or what you'll do the next day to avoid feeling lost. So you simply can sketch out what your day tomorrow might look like. And then when tomorrow arrives in the morning, review that schedule and shift accordingly. Number two, manage your time efficiently. Managing your time efficiently. You know, time can be your worst enemy if you don't learn how to keep it under control. Indeed, it's challenging to follow a plan unconditionally and always know how many hours or days you'll need for a particular task. But if you use your previous experience to calculate how much time, more or less, more demanding assignments take, avoid waiting for the last moment to start. Don't procrastinate. I know, easier said than done. But no matter how tempting this procrastination can be, you have to avoid it. Try to begin each task one or two days before you need it, giving you enough time in case something unexpected occurs, which it will. It's essential that you maintain work-life balance and leave enough time for leisure activities and your loved ones and ensure that you don't sacrifice your personal life to stay longer at work and you've got to set boundaries. If you're a teleworker, decide when your work starts and when it finishes or talk about it with your manager. You're not obligated to go beyond your working hours, theoretically, unless you generally want. Listen, at the end of the day, having this work-life balance is, is, okay, it's important, it's critical. I hate saying those words. But listen, we talked about it in the opening of this episode that your health needs to come first. Your health needs to come first. Your family needs to come first. God forbid if something were to happen to you tragically and you were not able to show up to work, you would be replaced in a heartbeat. There's no denying that. There's no denying that. And so why sacrifice yourself? Why sacrifice your health, become sick and ill and disabled or potentially die for the sake of a corporation that doesn't necessarily treat you right. It's all about balance. It's all about communication. Number three, be confident about saying no. You've got to be confident about saying no. When employees accept all assignments without ever expressing it might be too much, employees likely won't suspect they are struggling. It's why it's crucial to be confident about admitting when the number of tasks is overwhelming. If possible, be selective and choose those that align the most with your skills and the job role. As Peter Drucker would say, let's work from a place of strengths, not weaknesses. Avoid automatically saying yes to everything, automatically taking on assignments, especially if your schedule is full or they're not compatible with your qualifications or your personal values. Like Brene Brown would say, you need to also work from a place of values. And if at any time your values are in conflict with the work you are doing, it's time to reevaluate and possibly come up with an exit strategy. After your manager or clients get used to you saying yes to every task, they're going to believe you can essentially do everything. 
and they're going to take advantage of you. They will steamroll over you and they will give you every project because you just can't say no. You've got to set boundaries, folks. Set those boundaries. There is a very healthy way in doing this and saying no. And generally, the best way to do it is you have to quantitatively show your boss that, hey, I'm doing projects A, B, C, D, and E, and now you're asking me to take on projects F and G. So which of projects A through E are you going to take off my plate so I can focus on F and G? What is the most important? Again, this goes back to number one, and that is prioritize what is urgent. Sometimes you have to tell your boss, this is what's most urgent. Or ask your boss, which of these is most urgent? Because you have all these projects lined up. You got to set boundaries. You got to be confident about saying no and not being scared. There is a way that you can do that that is not offensive, demoralizing, uh, whatever negative word you can come up with. All right, here is my final tip is in terms of uh, dealing with work overload in the workplace. Remove distractions. Remove distractions. Procrastination and distractions are among the main enemies of efficient work. Employees tend to delay their tasks when they have too many, but that also happens due to external factors, external factors that interrupt the focus. Keep your workplace uncluttered and remove anything that disturbs your attention. Avoid opening unnecessary tabs in your browser, scrolling through your social media, or checking your phone every minute. In fact, put your phone away, hidden way back into your desk somewhere, different room even. Set the time for breaks and use them to unwind and regain your energy. Go for a walk around the building. Go outside. Take the dog out if you work from home. After you go back to work, then dive into the matter and eliminate anything that distracts you from completing it. However, sometimes handling work overload on your own isn't enough. So if the pressure from above is too intense, you need to reach out and let your boss know which projects you have and why you're struggling to complete them within the allotted deadlines. Part of being courageous, as Brene Brown says, is being vulnerable. By being vulnerable in the workplace and going to my boss saying, I can't do this by myself, your boss will likely respect you more for it. And if your boss doesn't respect you more for it or they get angry or upset, again, it's time to get an exit strategy and get the heck out of there. You do not want to work for someone like that. Nobody does. Life is too short. Your life on this earth is just a blip on the radar. How you spend it between birth and death is up to you. That dash in between those years of birth and death. And during that dash, how you live your life is what's going to reflect your legacy. And so being overworked and having this massive workload burden that is sacrificing your health, your family, your friends, your loved ones, your pets, etc., simply just isn't worth it. So it's time to reevaluate if it comes to that situation. In the next episode... I'll share four tips on how to tell your boss you are on the brink of burnout. 
The Corporate Shadow is produced by InnoSpire Inc. The views expressed in The Corporate Shadow does not reflect the opinions or views of California State University Long Beach. For The Corporate Shadow, I'm Dr. Ryan Giffen. See you next time.